hello, hello. It's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. This month, my programming is all about beauty and sustainability. We have a huge waste problem in the beauty industry. We have a huge plastic problem. We have a huge greenwashing issue. It's very confusing around how to be a more sustainable beauty consumer. It's hard for me. If it's hard for me, and I'm kind of digging into it and learning, I know that it's hard for other people. But I also want to be clear that I do not think I am the expert on this. And I'm also in a kind of tricky position, right? Because I come on here week after week. I talk to people about beauty products they love. But I do really love nature. I love the environment. I think everyone loves being outside. Since I've been to LA, I try to get out and hike as often as possible. And everyone may not love hiking, but I do think everyone can appreciate a beautiful sunset being on the beach. I interview people all the time asking, when do you feel most beautiful? And I hear over and over again, when I'm on a tropical vacation, when I'm outside, when I'm in water, when I'm swimming, right? People, there's just something that the environment gives us that just recharges our spirit and our soul. I think what's at the core of caring about the environment and sustainability is this fundamental belief that other generations should get to enjoy the environment and this beautiful planet the same way we've been able to and the same way we've been privileged to enjoy it, right? And so we have to treat the earth with a certain level of kindness and awareness so that other generations can also enjoy it. In this episode of Naked Beauty, you're going to hear from two different people. Leah Thomas, who is doing a lot of incredible environmental justice work. She has a full episode of Naked Beauty that you should absolutely listen to because we get into so much more depth. But I just took out a little bonus clip about why she is a climate optimist. And I get some thoughts from her about what we can do to reduce our impact on the environment. Again, listen to her full episode for the full conversation. The other person I speak to is Ivan, Ivan Enchevich, who I've known for years now, a good friend of ours. He lives here in LA. He was over at our house. I was telling him about this topic. And he was like, I kind of work in this space and I have thoughts. And I was like, come on, Mike. So we get thoughts from him as well. And then I wrap up with some ideas I have around how to be a better beauty consumer. Before we get into today's conversation, I want to give a major shout out to Macy's longtime sponsor of Naked Beauty. I appreciate Macy's so much for their support. But I want to talk about something that I've recently purchased from Macy's that is helping me in my mindful consumer journey. Now, you could be thinking, and it would be fair to think this, why are you telling us something to buy in an episode about sustainability and buying less? I have found that when you can find options to replace things that you are buying regularly that have plastic in it with something that is well-made and beautiful in your space, that is a worthwhile investment. Just renovated my bathroom, as you all know. Everything's looking beautiful, but then I'm seeing like small things like a huge container of mouthwash or just a plastic dispenser of hand soap, right? Every time you buy a new hand soap, that is another bottle of plastic. So I went on the Macy's app. I found this fabulous line. It's called Blomus, B-L-O-M-U-S. You have to check them out. The Macy's app is always putting me on to very good home things, and I think people sleep on Macy's for shopping for home. They have fabulous things, but I found this brand Blomus, and I got this gorgeous soap dispenser. I will link to it in the show notes this light dove gray I got a matching ceramic tray so now I put my soaps in the soap dispenser it looks beautiful I can also mix and match my own soaps so I can take like my less expensive Dr. Bronner's add a little bit of oil into it add a little bit of essential oil kind of make my new scent so I'm more encouraged to make my own hand soaps now which is wonderful and it's a practice I've kind of fallen out of the habit of doing the thing I love about my ceramic tray that I have is I put all of the skincare that is almost at the end of its life on that tray So I have, this is the set that I need to complete and it's really helpful for me to visually see don't buy other things or open new things until you've completed what is physically in front of you. I think that part of creating a more intentional beauty space creating this kind of zen spa-like quality in your bathroom helps you to be more mindful and conscious about the products you're using and what you're bringing into your space. 
So if you're finding that your bathroom space, your getting ready space is just a little bit chaotic, I would invest in a few very well-made essentials that will help your space feel more organized. And that I think will make you more mindful in the space and avoid to buying less. Let's get into my conversation with Leah. I saw her at a very LA environmental hippie dippy event, which is what we're talking about at the beginning. I love it. Hope you enjoy it. I hope you love it. Tag me as you're listening, share it with a friend. Let's get into the conversation. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I like that you say that you are a climate optimist. Because when you think about what's happening to the environment, it is, it's depressing, right? I mean, you can really get yourself into a really depressing place. Why have you chosen to identify as a climate optimist? So I love that you came to one of the climate concerts that we hosted. Very hippy dippy. I love it. Perfect entry point to California. I'm I'm like... (laughs) Palo Santo burning. I'm going to have my micro lock soon. I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in. so cute. It was like meditation under the trees. Oh and like gosh, a there was a girl out. playing a harp. I was so into it. They were like screen printing t-shirts. Welcome to California. I loved it. Yeah, I feel like it's because kind of behind the reasoning I decided a year ago, I'm going to start hosting concerts because we need joy and community Mm. building. And I love education and accessible education, but people are scared. There's a study by an agency called Futera that I really love that showed that Gen Zers specifically are identifying with not just climate pessimism, but climate fatalism, Mm. meaning that they feel like there's nothing they can do. So we have successfully scared everybody and the kids like... Okay, good job. You know, like shout out to Al Gore um, and those first couple documentaries. But the kids are scared. So we got to swing the pendulum back in another way. So I try to be over here and the optimism, Mm. hope, solutions, not because I'm ignoring the realities, but I want to show people get out of that fatalist bubble that there is hope and start sharing climate solutions. And even on Instagram, on Intersectional Environmentalist, we find that joyful content performs really, really well. So showing people positive stories of positive legislation or innovators that are people of color all around the world, I think it helps balance things out. So I feel like if we went all the way over here to the negative extreme, then I can maybe go over here. And I think it's, you know, funny sometimes when people are like, why would you be hopeful? The planet is burning. And I'm honestly like, well, my people didn't cause this crisis, to be completely honest. Like, so true. Black people globally 
you know, we are not really responsible for what is going on in the world. <laughs> so it's a general statement, but I'm like, I'm going to smile. I'm not going to let you take away my joy. You're already doing, you know, some, the systems are already messed up as is. So, you know, if my grandma can smile, my mom can still smile after everything that they've been through. Right. This, um, I don't want to call it the white man's crisis, but uh, <laughs> this crisis, I'm going to be joyful yeah. about it. Cause I'm like, we didn't cause it. So I'm going to look at solutions find joy, community build, have spaces that are rooted in environmental education that feel like a hug so people can feel motivated to do the work that we need to do. I love that. So what are the small things that we can do to make a better impact on what's happening with our climate and with the world? Yeah. So I think eating less meat is actually really important or even substituting oat milk and different things like that. For people who don't know, cows produce a lot of methane, which is a big greenhouse gas. And the way that um, animal agriculture right now is working, it's just producing so much methane in the atmosphere, which is leading to climate change. So even if you just eat less meat, so there's one day a week that you're not eating meat, or making those changes when available to do almond milk or, you know, oat milk, it really does make a difference. Another big one I try to do is support local, mm -hmm. love shopping locally. So even if it's like your friend who's making screen printed t-shirts mm -hmm. or something that cuts down on emissions, like transportation emissions, yes. it also really helps build local economies. So, you know, support that little tiny shop that's maybe yeah. not CVS that's selling a couple of things. Just on the point of shopping locally, bookstores, one of the things like if I buy a book on Amazon, it's because I've, I'm in a truly desperate situation. Like there is something truly, <laughs> I need this book, like, you know, immediately. <laughs> but I have learned that so many local bookshops, you can actually order on the phone. You can order mm -hmm. online, even if they don't have like a website set up, they will get the book in and you can just buy it from them. And so I really, really try to buy books locally when I, I can. Love that so much. And yeah, my favorite indie bookstore is Reparations Club in LA. Yes. They're really lovely. But no, that's perfect. Like support your local indie bookstores, support local artisans. If your friend is making, you know, for the most part, if your friend is making like makeup or scrubs or anything, like support your local economy, that is way better for both people and the planet. So like creating resilient communities, putting wealth and investing it back into your community, and then also cutting down on emissions and things yes. like that. Okay, beauties. So this is a little bit impromptu. I have our good friend, Ivan Enchevich, who was just casually hanging out Saturday hang. And I was telling him I'm working on this episode all about sustainability and how I'm going to make more conscious decisions about my skincare and what I buy. And he actually has been working in this industry a little bit from a marketing perspective. But I was he was sharing thoughts. And I was like, this is hold that thought. This is very interesting. I want you to come on mic and just talk with me about this on the podcast. So Ivan, welcome to the show. Good to, good to be here and contribute. My first question for you is, I want to hear more about your thoughts around if it's the individual consumer's responsibility to be more sustainable, or if you think this is like a larger industry problem. I've, I've been digging into this and uh, I stumbled upon a really um, interesting insight a while back, which was that one of the reasons why recycling and essentially personal responsibility around sustainability uh, became a thing is because the uh, the fossil fuel companies kind of banded together, and I want to say it was an eighty in the eighties or nineties, and hired a fancy consulting firm, and they literally, in a very Machiavellian way, wanted to see how can they shift 
sort of the focus from being blamed for uh, pollution and climate change. And they came up with a really ingenious way, which was, hey, why don't we shift the responsibility to the individual consumer and make it about them? So it's it's you that needs to recycle and it's you that's not doing enough and things like that. So what it comes down to is not that we shouldn't be responsible and, and shouldn't, um, shouldn't be more conscious in our, in our choices. But um, the reality is a lot of these, the environmental and sustainable, uh, sustainability impact where you can really make headways is, is, is in how um, corporations behave and, and what they do. So I think it's important to, um, to keep them accountable. And I think a lot of consumers are because um, recent surveys that, I, that I've seen show that more than 50% of uh, consumers now believe in companies that need to act sustainably and how they produce and source their, their products. I mean, this is fascinating to me. You've also kind of been doing marketing in this space. And I think marketing often gets blamed for a lot of the confusion People don't know how to tell if what they're buying actually is sustainable or if the company is doing good. So what do you think marketing's role is in all of this? It's a, it's a, really, it's a really good question. I think in, in marketing, there, there has been a lot of um, what's called uh, greenwashing or hand-waving lately, which is making unsubstantiated or maybe not truly legitimate um, claims about the the impact that your company does so basically it's it's trying to um, attach yourself to a cause as a company without having any real um, substantial impact or good intentions for the for the purposes of having some sort of commercial impact so um, I think marketing in general has always suffered from that issue of, of kind of maybe spinning myths or stories that are not true. But I do think for the most part, consumers are savvy and can substantiate that. Um, but it also kind of raises a little bit of a chicken and egg question is, should you as a, as a consumer be um, kind of doing the checks and balances and, and have to take that step upon yourself? Or is it on the companies to ensure that they're ethical in how they do this and there's actual real intent behind what they do? And I, um, I suppose the answer is probably a mix, of, a mix of both. In terms of keeping companies accountable, you talked about emissions and carbon footprint. And is there any way for regular consumers to access that? It's a nascent field and industry to, to truly track how companies are doing against this. Um, there are, with that said, I think there are some initiatives and regulations that are coming online that are supposed to guide, um, kind of guide that. And um, one is, of course, the there's ESG regulations that are now becoming more stringent, especially ESG, ESG is um, environmental and social governance. So it um, applies to, um, at the moment, it applies to publicly traded companies where on their uh, annual or quarterly reporting, they have to include some, some metrics around, um, around those, those, three, um, those three dimensions. They're, they're going to be required by, by law to do that pretty soon. So that's, that's one thing that I think is, is really interesting that's going to change the game a little bit, but that doesn't necessarily take into account some of the um, some of the smaller companies, and it also is a little bit of a um, stick, not a carrot approach to to this. So, just to kind of backtrack a little bit and. 
talk about what are some ways that you as a consumer can can look into that. So I, I think the big thing is not to get caught in the excitement of someone attaching a, a buzzword or a hashtag about like to their efforts and, and get caught behind it, but actually making sure that, that what they're doing is legit and tangible and makes an impact. So how do you do that? Well, with cosmetics, for example, if you think about what is what is the biggest area of impact, one of the biggest areas of impact is um, the resources that they use. So doing a little bit of homework on how they source their materials, uh, sustainable packaging, water usage, basically, if a company like that can can uh, be more sustainable in their efforts, can be more connected to the circular economy, recycle things, not cause you to buy single-use plastics, things like that, I think that's 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 a really good measure to start. Absolutely, I've the. Do you know the real real designer consignment? I do not. You yeah. don't. Okay. Well, anyway, they resell fancy designer clothes, but on their site, they're very transparent about how much water is being saved, and obviously buying secondhand fashion is inherently it's just like more sustainable than buying something new in terms of like just regular consumer brands are there any brands that you just personally believe are good like patagonia i feel like we know we know enough about the founder of patagonia we know that his heart is in the right place we know that that company is run extreme as ethically as a, as a capitalist uh company can it's not a nonprofit, right but are there any brands that like you feel good about supporting or places to shop that you just like know you feel you can feel good about um yeah you know i I, it's almost like i can point out more companies that are not doing this well versus okay who's not doing it well because that's interesting too yeah i mean um i would imagine i think some of the big companies out there like the mcdonald's and the levi's of the world have a really huge opportunity to drastically change um, sustainability, people's health, equity, like they can do more, but they're not necessarily doing it. And I, I can't remember what the stat was, for example, for how much water is needed to produce one pair of Levi's jeans, but it was something staggering, like 3,500 liters oh or things gosh. like that. So I think that's like one example. I'll give you one one more that actually people don't consider. So Tesla, for example, it's great that we have companies like Tesla's that um, are basically use electricity to, um, to to power the vehicles instead of fossil fuels. That's awesome. However, the energy that is used to charge the Tesla is still probably, if you're charging your Tesla in the U.S. Uh, from the from the local electricity grid, it's probably going to be anywhere from sixty to eighty percent from fossil fuels. Still, it's still how the system works. So kind of thinking about that impact downstream of how your products are produced and the energy that goes into it is one huge area for any company, I think, still in the U.S. and the world. And I guess maybe that's why I'm a little bit um, bearish on who's doing a good job. What small changes in your personal life, beauty related or not, do you think you've been able to do to at least just, you know, I agree. It's not all on us, but we do have a role in this. I, I live in um, I live in the wonderful beach community of Venice, California. So by virtue of doing that, I've been able to <laughs> reduce how much I drive my car. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't say that I've I'm doing as much as I as I can. I still don't have an EV. 
So um, I, I need to do more, but that's been, that's been one choice and less, less single use plastic. That's another, but even just kind of saying that just makes me feel <laughs> like, like I'm not, I'm not doing enough. Yeah. Yeah. But listen, none of us are doing enough, right? Like, I think that's what, that's why I struggled with creating this episode. Cause I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the right person to talk about this, but I actually think I've talked to, you're the sixth person I've talked to on this subject everyone's like I don't know like I try to compost like is that good? like no one really feels like they're doing enough um so and and just as we've been talking I've been thinking like okay maybe the next phase of this movement is how do we as consumers hold companies accountable um, and not let them put all the blame on us I couldn't I couldn't agree more I think when you look at the impact of emissions and um uh any environmental impacts I think probably um I don't know, 80, 60 to 80% of it comes from, from industry. And a big chunk of that is energy usage. So the companies have a, have an opportunity to, uh, absolutely change the game with that. And then you as a consumer kind of choosing companies that do that, um, is, is a huge step. Uh, I believe that in the future that will be table stakes where every company will be a sustainability company because it's not only going to be a moral choice, but it's also going to be economically better for them. I did think of one other company um, as we were talking about this. Uh, there's actually two companies. One is a company called Early Majority, founded by the ex-CMO uh, that I worked uh, with at, at Sonos. And they're very focused on recycling and how the products are made in the circular economy. They make uh, outerwear. Okay. They're kind of like, like a Patagonia. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that you, that, that you basically don't have to buy a lot of stuff and that the uh, the clothes are kind of last you for a very, very long time and you can mix and match. There's sort of all sorts of um, liners inside that can also serve as a, as a jacket. So you basically buy one thing mm-hmm. and you can sort of assemble it and disassemble it in various combinations to kind of make your outfit. So I think they're very interesting. Uh, and then there's also a company called Onyx, which is a com- uh, coffee company and they're kind of trying to be very conscious with how they use water in the processing of of coffee thank you for <laughs> thank you for having me and yeah again just this conversation in itself kind of makes me makes me think about the the opportunities and yes. how much there is to, to do there yes so thank you ivan You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
a great impromptu guest that I had, but I think Ivan brings up really good points about shifting the blame from the companies to the consumer, and is that fair? That being said, I do think that there are small things that we can do, and there are small things that I have been doing to become more mindful about my own consumption habits. I think, in general, most of us have too many things. I certainly have too many things. And one of the things that I've done as a beauty shopper, and I would encourage everyone to really take this approach, is being very studied about what you purchase before you purchase it. So we all know you know, Sephora has a wonderful return policy. Amazon has a wonderful return policy. Companies that you would be shopping for skincare goods, you can return them if they don't work out for you. Makeup specifically. Now, something that I did when I was, I'm in this kind of phase now of I'm trying to find the best foundation ever. It's been a journey. If you're following on Naked Beauty Planet, you're seeing the journey in real time. I really wanted a great foundation. And everyone was talking about the Makeup by Mario Foundation. I heard about it on Los Angeles. It was like, okay, this is like the it girl foundation. You need it. It looks like skin. I went to Sephora. I tried to get shade match. They were like, you're probably in between these two shades. As soon as they said, you're probably in between these two shades, you could mix. I was like, all right, I already know I'm not going to just buy it. And what I did instead is I got a sample. I got a sample a big sample and I brought it home and I used it for a few days and I decided this is not a great foundation for me. That's a foundation that has mica in it. It was a little too glowy for me. I didn't think it was exactly the right shade match. There were a lot of reasons and I was very happy that I did not purchase the full foundation. So I do think that it's great to sample things. And then also when you're shopping online for makeup products, try to go on YouTube, type in the product name, and then try to look for people that look as close to your skin tone or as close to your complexion as you can find, or also have similar skin type, right? So if you're like, oh, I want to buy this serum, let me see if someone with oily skin has reviewed it first and get their points of view. Now, obviously trusting someone that's doing a review on the internet is not the ultimate and only source, but I do think it's important to study as much as you can to see if you're going to like the product before you buy it. I do think it's worth doing a lot of research to understand if you're going to like a product before you buy it. Like being a product junkie is a very real thing. In the beginning of my natural hair journey, I swear I bought like 30 new products every single month. (laughs) I was doing a lot. I was buying a lot because I was figuring it out. And the same thing can happen with skincare. The same thing can happen with makeup. But I do think doing a lot of research beforehand and sampling before you commit is huge. You all know I do the same thing with my fragrance buys. I sample them before I buy them. I use Lucky Scent and I order samples. Something that I have just learned. So my friends at Lalabo invited me to this event in Los Angeles. It was, it was to celebrate one of LA's city-specific fragrances, Musk 25, great fragrance. Anyway, I learned that if you bring your fragrance bottles back to Lalabo, they will refill them for you and you save like $60. And you all know I love the matcha tea fragrance from Lalabo. So, so this is something that I'm definitely going to be doing, which brings me to another point. There are great skincare brands that have subscription services. Human Race is one of them. I love the humidifying cream. You can be on a subscription where you just get the refills. Sable Labs, you guys remember Sabrina Elba came on this podcast and talked about Sable Labs. They have a sustainable approach to their packaging as well, where once you buy the set, you can then just get refills. There are a ton of other makeup brands that do this. Kajir Weiss comes to mind. In the makeup space, it's usually really like heavy, weighty, beautiful compacts, and then you just buy the replacement. But I do think that finding brands that are doing this that you love already is a great way to save on all of the waste that's been built up from packaging. Now, I'm going to tell you some fails I've had in the sustainable space. I'm trying very hard to get into toothpaste tablets, like those little tablets that you kind of crush them in your mouth and then you brush your teeth with them. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. It feels like I'm kind of like brushing my teeth with little cracked pieces of an Altoid. (laughs) 
So I just, I need to refine that. But I've also discovered Hello, which is a mouthwash that is just the concentrate. So you're not, it's not all of that extra water and plastic for no reason. So I really am trying to be more thoughtful about it. The last product that I want to put you guys on to, Paula's Choice has these incredible makeup remover pads. They're like these cotton rounds, but they are reusable. They come in a little mesh baggie that you can just throw into the wash and they are so good for removing makeup. You can put Mistler water on them. You can put oil on them. And I used to buy eye makeup remover pads. Obviously that comes in a huge plastic container. I've looked into a lot of reports for preparation on this episode topic, and the latest reporting from February 2023 suggests that beauty packaging amounts to 120 billion units of waste every single year. That includes plastic, paper, glass, metals. All of that ends up in landfills at the end of the year. So if we can buy less, be mindful about what we buy, be mindful about not buying lots of things and having to return them, that is going to overall make an impact. And when you think about this plastic waste, where is it going? A lot of it is going into the ocean. There are 633 marine species that are now known to be impacted by the plastic problem. So all of these sea animals like dolphins and whales and seals are ingesting high amounts of toxic microplastics, which are increasing their chances of disease and mortality and affecting their own reproduction. And as we also know from seeing just like horrible images, or if you haven't seen these images, they're out there. Sea animals are also choking on large plastics, right? So the plastic problem is very real. I'm trying to do what I can to be more mindful about it. And again, this is a journey. I'm very excited. I haven't been so charged up for a topic in a while because it feels new to me and exciting. And I want to learn more. So we're going to be talking to more people in this space in the weeks ahead. Thank you so much for listening and supporting this podcast. And I'll be back next week with a new conversation all about beauty, sustainability, and what we can do. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.